listening to Breaking Out of Solitary Confinement, networking tips for freelancers, work-at-homers, and other professionals. It is Monday, August 20th, 2007, and I am your host, Carolyn Kelly Klinger. I manage the Consulting and Independent Contracting Special Interest Group of the Washington, D.C. Chapter of the Society for Technical Communication. I am speaking today with two Virginia-based independent consultants, Gabe Goldberg and Kristen King. Gabe Goldberg is a technology writer, editor, and consultant. Among his many clients are baby boomer and senior venues, including websites and magazines. Kristen King is a freelance writer based in Virginia who writes and edits for business and publication. In addition to her consulting work, she writes two popular and award-winning blogs, inkthinkerblog.com and livelywomen.com. Both Gabe and Kristen are frequent speakers at professional events in the Washington, D.C. area. Gabe and Kristen spoke on the topic of networking at an event sponsored by the STC Washington, D.C. chapter on June 12th. They received rave reviews from the audience, and this gave us the idea of distilling some of their sage advice in this podcast. Without further ado, let's start talking about the fascinating topic of networking and how independent consultants, in particular, can do it more effectively. Gabe, from your point of view, what is networking? It's really any way that people can meet each other and interact with each other and develop their personal networks, whether for personal interests or professional interests. Kristen, from your point of view, what is networking? Well, I would say just to add to what Gabe said, that networking is really a way to build relationships with people who you may may be able to help and people who may be able to help you. And Gabe, how has networking helped your career? Well, in many different ways. I've made many friends, people that I stay in touch with separately from my professional interests. I've learned from people I've met uh, as a consequence of networking. And certainly, most important from from a business point of view, I've had many clients, uh, many uh, organizations that I've done work for encountered through networking. Kristen, what about you? How has networking helped your career? Well, I originally started out on staff at a medical journal, and when I decided to start freelancing full-time, I used the connections that I had made during that job to really launch my freelance career in a lot of ways. And ever since then, it has been a great source for me of work, and it's also opened a lot of doors for me as far as speaking opportunities, my professional blogging work, all kinds of things. So it's been a really valuable tool. Great. Gabe, many people have a negative impression of networking. How can you overcome that? Well, you really have to keep it natural. You can't force it. You can't set out to network in some way that's artificial and doesn't really match your own personal nature. But if you take advantage of your personal strengths, you can use networking in in ways that don't irritate people, that are not intrusive, and yet get quite a lot of uh, benefit. Thanks. Kristen, how do you overcome any fear that you might have of networking or any negative feelings you might have about networking? Well, I tend to be a little bit nervous when I'm meeting people for the first time. And what I've learned to do is to really focus on the other person and how they might be feeling rather than how I'm feeling. And I try to think of myself as someone who may be able to give them something they need. And by focusing my energy more on them and less on being nervous and feeling shy, I'm able to kind of get through that roadblock and really enjoy getting to know people at professional events and just people that I meet on a daily basis who I may have something in common with business-wise. Thanks. 
Gabe, how can you network if you work alone or you're a freelancer? Probably the most important thing to remember is that networking can be done either online with email or on web chats or, or any other online forum, as well as in person. So if you're isolated and you, you're not getting out or you're in a remote area, you can still be very effectively networking by just being online, being visible, taking part in the, in the overall Internet community. If you live in an area where there are meetings, there are organizations that you can participate in, get out, volunteer, meet people, attend meetings, take classes, offer presentations, give classes, and all of those are just dynamite ways to network. Kristen, do you have anything to add about how you can network if you work alone? Absolutely. One thing that has been really a wonderful opportunity for me to network has been joining my local Chamber of Commerce. And I'm actually the only freelance writer in the Chamber, and so it's given me kind of an untapped pool of people to work with. Um, and that's been really fun to kind of get to know other business owners in my community. And also, since the last time we had spoken about networking, I joined LinkedIn, um, and I have I think close to 50 connections already, and I've had people contact me since then saying they know me through someone um, and wanting to know if I could do some work for them. So that has gotten me really good results really quickly. That's very impressive. Gabe, when you network through discussion lists, how can you make yourself stand out in a positive way? Well, the real key is be professional, just as you would take care how you look, how you're groomed, how you're dressed before you go out to a professional meeting. Take the same care for whatever you do online. If you're posting on mailing lists, make sure that you trim what you're quoting when you're responding. Be professional. Don't be sloppy. One, one important suggestion is don't feel obligated to answer everything. Focus on your areas of strength. Focus on what you're best qualified to answer and don't just chime in on everything that goes past you on a list. And I guess the other thing I would say is don't take things personally. Even on a professional topics list, there will be disagreements and personality conflicts. And if you can step away from those and not let personalities get in the way of being professionally effective, that will be much to your advantage. That's good advice. Thank you. Kristen, do you have anything to add about how to network effectively online? Um, one other tool that I would recommend would be online forums, uh, in addition to just email discussion lists. And those are more of a bulletin board setup where um, the content is available and visible at all times rather than just via email. And I've gotten some really good information through them. I've made some really good connections. And I've really enjoyed the community that comes up. So there are lots of opportunities to network online. Thank you. Gabe, I doubt this happens to you, but if you find yourself at a networking event, how do you work the crowd when you arrive not knowing anyone in the room or are painfully shy? Well, that actually does apply to me, and as much as my wife finds it hard to believe, I, I used to be shy and really still am shy, especially in a room where I don't know anybody. But you can always keep in mind that most of the other people there are equally uncomfortable and probably are more shy than somebody who has come there with the goal of networking. And I found that people can be extraordinarily grateful if I approach them and initiate a conversation. And a universally safe way to start chatting with somebody is to just ask them what brings them to a particular meeting and elicit from them conversation about why they're there, who they are, what they hope to get out of the meeting. Thank you. Kristen, how would you advise somebody in this situation? Um, I 
I'm really probably not the best person to ask about this because I do tend to get um, a little bit nervous around crowds. But the fail-safe technique that I've learned to get myself through that is to find someone in the room who looks even more uncomfortable than I feel and go start a conversation with that person. Just say, hi, I'm Kristen, what's your name? And usually they're so relieved to have someone come up and talk to them and take that pressure off of them from starting a conversation that it really turns into something that's kind of a fun getting to know you event. And usually once I get through one person, then I feel a little bit less panicky and I'm able to talk to others more comfortably. Thank you. That's good advice. Gabe, when speaking with someone at a networking event who is taking up too much of your time, how do you bow out of the conversation gracefully so that you can meet others at the event? I've, I've seen this question written up in many, many advice columns and meeting magazines, and it really does seem to be an area of awkwardness where two people may find themselves equally feeling trapped and neither one can figure out how to disengage. The most straightforward way, and, and I've used this and I've had it said to me, is just to say very politely, excuse me, I'm going to circulate. Because most of the people who come to a meeting really do want to work the crowd. They really do want to circulate through the room. And just saying that you're going to circulate is a reasonable way to do it. You can also, if you can, if it, if it seems to be true, you can always excuse yourself to refill your drink, go back to the food buffet, take a bathroom break. But just being straightforward and saying, excuse me, I'm going to, I'm going to move on, uh, seems to be a very safe way to do it. Thank you. Kristen, do you have any advice? Um, well, I actually got a great piece of advice on that at the networking event, and I think it was you who shared that, Carolyn. The tip was to um, introduce, the, introduce the person who's monopolizing your time to someone else. And That's when right. you can bring that third person into the conversation, then at an appropriate time you can remove yourself from it. And that way you don't leave the other person feeling uncomfortable or slighted, but you give them an opportunity to meet someone new as well as extricating yourself from what could be potentially an uncomfortable conversation if it goes on for too long. That's right. That can be mutually beneficial. Thanks. Is there a way you can make your business cards network for you? Well, the, the short answer, the easy answer is the right time is when it's in context, when you've had enough of a conversation so that you both are comfortable with the idea of following up later to get more details, more information, more conversation about something that was discussed. The most irritating aspect of networking for me is to meet somebody and as soon as he tells me his name, hands me a business card. And he's often an insurance salesman or a lawyer or an accountant. And that goes in the pocket that gets dumped into the trash can as soon as I get home. If I'm having a conversation with somebody about something that matters, I will often ask for the business card, offer my own business card, and something that I've learned that's very important is as soon as I get a business card from someone at a networking meeting, write on the back of it a few words to remind me why I have the business card because I just hate to get home from a meeting and have a pocket full of business cards and have two or three of them be absolutely baffling as to why I have them. There's nothing worse than having to call somebody or email them and say, how do I know you? Why do I have your business card? And what is it we were going to follow up on? Thank you. Kristen, do you have any tips on how to use your business cards at a networking event? Absolutely. One thing that really irritates me is at networking events is when people don't have cards with them. 
if someone asks you for a card, you want to make sure that you're prepared to give them one. And there certainly have been times that I've arrived somewhere and realized that I left my cards in a stack by the front door. Uh, but I try to keep at least a couple in my wallet at all times. And especially if I'm speaking with someone who makes a comment like, oh, I have colleagues who use those types of services, or I should put you in touch with such and such a person, I'll often give them two business cards instead of just one. So that way they have one to keep for themselves and one to pass along to someone else. That's a great idea. Gabe, if you haven't been in touch with a member of your network in a long time, how do you reestablish the connection? Should you apologize for the time that has passed without you being in contact? I don't think I'd apologize because it's not really an active commission kind of offense that has led to the, the gap in time of being in touch. But I would just find a reason to get in touch. And what I often do, I, I'm a news junkie, I'm a clipping and website and mailing list junkie, and so I'm seeing all kinds of articles, clippings on everything related to news in society, technology, writing, uh, health, medicine, anything like that. And I always have in, in the back of my mind a list of who is interested in what kind of topic. And so the easiest way to get back in touch with someone is to forward something to them that they might be interested in and use that as a door opener to say, it's been so long, this made me think of you. I hope this you find this interesting. And then if you have something else in mind to pursue, that gives you an opportunity to do it. Thank you. Kristen, do you have any tips on how to deal with time passing between contacts? Yes, I love what Gabe suggested. I try to do that whenever I can. Um, but I also have found that it's really effective to just send someone a note and say, you know, I was just thinking about you today. I haven't heard from you in a while, and I wanted to see how such and such a project that you mentioned last time we spoke was going, or how was your vacation, or anything that we may have talked about that might offer a personal connection. Um, even if I don't have something specifically to offer them, just to check in and see how they're doing. And a lot of people don't have that happen to them very often, so they're usually very receptive and very glad when they get that type of message from someone that they've had a connection with in the past. That's a very good point. Gabe, do you have any other thoughts on networking that you'd like to share with us today? Two more thoughts come to mind. One is that if you're going to take networking seriously, keep records. Whether you use ACT as a contact manager, whether you just use a, a flat text file to keep records, whether you use a database or a spreadsheet, keep track of people that you have dealings with. Not necessarily every business card that you collect, but certainly everyone that you send a follow-up note to. Keep records so that if you run into them again a month later, a year later, five years later, there's continuity between what happened in the past and, and a current interaction. And the other suggestion is to just get out and do it. And the more involved you get with organizations, the more you volunteer, the more you participate, the more visible you are, networking will take on a momentum of its own. And if you're visible on mailing lists, when you start to introduce yourself to people, they, they will as often as not say, oh, I know you from the D.C. pubs list or I, I know you from STC or the freelancers list. And you have an automatic introduction, even if you've never dealt with them. The fact that they've been reading what you've been saying on a website or on a mailing list gives you a tremendous entree and is a tremendous time saver. You don't have to prove who you are. You don't have to describe yourself. They already know. And so you're ready to just go for whatever your interests are. 
That's excellent advice, Gabe. Thank you. And Kristen, do you have any final thoughts on networking you'd like to share with us today? Yeah. You know, one thing that I hear time and time again is that people really do have this negative attitude toward networking, not only because it makes them nervous, but because in a lot of ways it makes them feel manipulative, like they're using the people that they need. And so I just would like to stress again that networking really is about creating mutually beneficial relationships, and it doesn't have to be something that's a high-stress activity. Like Gabe said, it's attending events, volunteering with organizations that you enjoy, participating in online um, mailing lists and forums and things like that. Those are all very low-pressure ways for you to get out and get exposure. And as long as you are making some sort of effort to interact with people, you will gradually become more comfortable with networking, and you'll find that your network is really growing. Thank you so much, Gabe and Kristen, for participating in today's podcast. Your advice has been spot on and I'm sure will be very useful for many people. This has been Carolyn Kelly Klinger of the Washington, D.C. chapter of STC. If you want to find out more about our organization, see www.stcwdc.org. Thank you for tuning in today.